Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Victor Rancor. What's up, Victor? What's up, Corey, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. We've been, we've been going back and forth for a little while, so I'm glad I got some time. Yeah, dude, I am too. I'm pretty, pretty excited about this conversation, and I have a feeling that it's probably going to go all over the place, but it is going to be packed full of good shit. So before we get started, just tell everybody a little bit about you and a little bit about who you are and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. My name is Victor Rancor. I'm a HVAC business owner, like probably some of you guys are home service business owner, like some of you guys that are listening to this. I started a little business out in Southern California about four years ago with the hope and a dream and no business background or any idea really what I was doing. I started the business and I grew it fast. And I think over the last four years, we're way past the $50 million point. In the last four years, this year alone, we're budgeting for a little over $30 million out of my one location in Southern California. And then I also own businesses throughout the country. So I own 14 other locations in 10 different states under different brands. And then I also run a best practice organization called Profit Rocket, where we throw large events, but we also have an online training platform to teach people how to run a business, not only run it, but how do you run it profitably? How do you put process and procedures in for every position? And that's what we teach. And then, you know, got my new venture prime that we're working on right now. We'll, we'll discuss a little bit about that. But yeah, my main thing, man, I'm, a, I'm just like everybody else got in the trades eight years ago, knowing nothing. And I've been blessed ever since. You say that you had a small company in Southern California, I think you said Southern California, somewhere in California, but it's not really that small of a company. Like when people hear that, they might, if they don't know who you are, they might be thinking you're talking about a four, $5 million company, but what are we really talking about? We're about 20 million last year. And like I said, this year we're budgeting for, I think we're going to blow past the 30 million, but we're budgeting for 30 million. Obviously, if everything goes right, we're pushing the 40, $45 million this year. And you started this company, you said four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, August, 2018. Yeah, that's pretty damn impressive, dude. Like, that's, I don't give a shit what anybody says. That, look, I, it's really hard to wrap my head around, to be honest with you, because I think about I'm a sales guy, right? I'm not a technician. I've never put in a piece of plumbing or HVAC, but I understand 100% how to sell it. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't, I, it's really hard to wrap my head around how you did that. So there obviously has to be a, maybe a little bit of luck in there, but. I think there's a, probably a deeper reason why you've been so successful. And look, I'm just going to put you on the spot. You were telling me right before this that you just hired 25 more employees in the last two weeks. Like, yeah. there's a reason why that's the case because, you know, we hear all the time how people can't find employees, but yet you just hired 25 people. Let me, and I'm thinking where you are in California, the weather is not drastically 
cold and not drastically. Right. So, you know, they, it's the wild, wild west, man. And, and we don't have demand, right? Our demand season is maybe three months long and it's not crazy. And that's where we make our bulk of our money. But, you know, obviously I've, so just to kind of circle back, right? I got an HVAC in 2015, knowing nothing, right? It was March 2015. I answered a Craigslist ad that a, bud, a buddy had showed me the Craigslist ad. I, he went there, got hired. I went there, got hired. I didn't know what the hell HVAC stood for. I just knew that they said you can make like 60 grand a year and we're going to give you a work truck. And at that point, I'm doing construction, day laborer, making $150, $200 a day cash under the table. I got a newborn baby. I just, I always had an innate ability to whatever, like I, whatever I started doing, I was great at. Like I, at that point, I thought I was going to become a general contractor. I was already studying to get my general B license out here in Southern California. I thought I was going to go be a home builder and stuff like that. Right. So I had no idea what that, this way, this is going to turn my life. But I just knew that I had a five month old baby. I'm renting a room in a house. We got to figure out something. Right. So, you know, I got an opportunity. They wanted to make me an installer. I asked them to be a technician because I had saw my buddy's paycheck and I'm like, Hey, he's making money. They showed me how to make money. They showed me, obviously showed me the pay plan and I got blessed. So this is like, this was the number one luck that happened to me is I got blessed to start at the best company in the whole Western hemisphere, I think. And that's that service champions. At the time, obviously, there's other companies now that are doing good. But Service Champions, when I started, was a whole different beast than everybody else. The training they put you through, the amount of time, energy, and effort they invested in their employees. I mean, we were training four or five days a week, and I'm in a room with like some of the best sales guys, best technicians in the country. And I got the opportunity to be around these people, right, and got to see it. I also got to see the inner workings of an amazing business, right? This thing was growing very, very profitably, very, very big, very, very fast. Leland grew a great business, kick crossed every T, dotted every I. So I got to see the inside of a great business, which a lot of people never get that opportunity. They're not going to be able to see the sales trading. They're not going to be able to see the processes that I got to learn. So that was my luck. Number one is answering that Craigslist ad and then obviously getting hired at a company like that. So I started there, man. I worked my way up. I became, and I dedicated like everything to HVAC. So like when I saw the pay plan for the first time, I called my girl and I said, you're never working another day in your life. And she said, what do you mean? I said, don't worry about it. And from that day forward, I just said, I'm going to be the best that's ever done this. And that was my goal at that time was to become the best technician, right? Like I didn't know any of this other shit was possible that I'm doing now. Like, dude, the shit I'm doing now is like, if you were to tell me this five years ago, I'd laugh at you four years ago, three years ago, like none of this shit was a reality. And we'll talk a little bit about it, but, but yeah, so like I worked my way up and I spent day. I was the guy that was working the 15 hours a day. I would ask for the extra calls. I wanted the money and I was willing to go. I was willing to be up at six in the morning, you know, ready back to work and run all day long. And when I got home, I was studying and practicing and trying to get better every single day. And I just continue to whoop everybody's fucking ass, dude. It just, it is like, and that was the reason I whooped everyone's ass is because I dedicated everything to it. It wasn't a, Hey, I shut off when the day's over, dude. I didn't shut off. I was there every night studying, looking up stuff online, trying to figure out a way to get better, figure out a way to beat everybody because I wanted to be a sales guy and they wouldn't let you be a sales guy unless you hit certain numbers. So I broke every fucking record they had. They had to change the rules because they, they want you to be a technician for so long before they allow you to finally sell. They want to groom you. But they put these metrics in place and said, if you hit these metrics, you get promoted. And if you hit this metric, you get promoted to the next level. You hit these metrics, you get promoted to the next level. But you had to do it at least two months at a time. You had to hit those numbers. And they were hard numbers to hit. So I said, okay, well, let's crack the code. And so I hit them. They're like, Did you, we can't move you up yet. I said, you have to move me up. It says right here in the handbook that if I hit these numbers, you got to move me up. They moved me up. And then they adjusted the next one. And I fucking blew that one out the water, right? And I just kept like saying, I'm, 
like you can't hold me back. And it's funny now that business, they actually do hold guys back. Now they have a rule that you have to be like at three years or something like that as a technician before they allow you to start selling. And the reason they did that is because people like me grew so fast. And then I was able to go start my own business and I learned so much stuff so quickly, you know, but yeah, that was in 2015 to 2017, end of 2017, I worked at service champions and it was a great experience, man. I got to see a great business and then I got recruited to another business, which was a great, another big business here in Southern California, but they weren't on service champions level, right? They didn't have the training. They didn't have the processes. They didn't have the procedures. There were more of, and I got blessed too. So it's another lucky thing that I went to this company because they were a big box dealer and they were a big box team company and they brought me in to do sales. Everybody thinks they can go sell shit, right? When they're running at a company that's 15 years old, the customers love them. The fucking calls are lay downs, right? And then all of a sudden you go to be a sales guy in a big box store where the guy went to go get a light. He went, the guy went to go get a light bulb. Now he's getting chased down for an air conditioning estimate. I'm in their house three, three hours later. So it's a whole other level of sales, right? So a lot of people that left service champions and went to these other local companies, they came running right back. Because they couldn't make the money because it was different. It was harder. The customers didn't like them as much. They weren't groomed. They weren't members for them for 10 years. And they weren't coming off of mailers. They're coming off of whatever, right? The leads were different. And I left there and I'm like, I'm not going back. So I already knew I wasn't going back. Service champions that even sued me at that point. That was fun. And so I went there. I worked at this company for about nine, 10 months. And I grinded hard. I was working six days a week. I was their service manager, their sales manager, their trainer. And then I was out running calls all day long. Right. And it was a grind, but I was willing to do it until one day I wasn't. The guy messed with my brother and it made me have an entrepreneurial seizure. I was drinking, I was drinking some beers at my buddy's pizza shop. And this was like, so I started the business August, I think, 4th, 2019, something like that. And August, I think probably maybe July 31st, I was at my buddy's pizza shop talking about, hey, this guy's a dick and blah, blah, blah. My buddy's like, why don't you just start your own business? And I had no plan on starting a business. I didn't know how to start a business. He's like, hey, I'll help you show, I'll show you how to start up an LLC. I'll show you how to do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, this sounds great, but I don't got a license. And he's like, I'm like, he's like, well, we can work on that. And I wasn't even, I don't know, I won't talk about that. I want to incriminate myself. But literally five days later, I launched this business and I hired my brother and I hired a couple installers and another technician. So it was like five of us day one. And I had to figure it out. So it's end of summer, right? So First off, if you're listening to this, you're thinking about starting a business, don't start at the end of summer, start before summer. So you actually make cash flow some money, right? So we started end of summer. It was still hot though. So California, it's hot till October. So we started picking up calls and I just literally just, I used my net, because my whole life I've been in networking. Like I've always met people. I've had a lot of friends. I've created a lot of relationships. So I started texting everybody on my phone and that's how we started getting leads, right? And then I'm like, okay, how else can I get leads? And I started doing a lot of guerrilla marketing to get in front of customers. And I just knew when I got to a customer, I had to sell them. Like it wasn't an option. And I think that's one thing that separated me from a lot of these other business owners. Like they go start their business and then for some reason they think they get to sit in the office and have their employees work. And I'm like, no, I was fucking at work every day at six in the morning. I was out getting the installers ready. I set up the jobs and I was going to run the calls. And when I ran a call, I'm selling that shit. I was selling like crazy and working and I was probably working, you know, 16 and 17, 18 hours a day. Like that's, we woke up early as shit. I'd get home sometimes at 12 o'clock at night because we had to finish an install so we could start the install the next day to get the cash because we had to get cash to start cash flow and everything. Because when I launched my business, I launched with no license. And if you have no license, you can't get an account at the vendor. So you have to think cash on hand. So I had to, everything, every time I got it, I would make money. I had to go get the money back to the vendor to go get more equipment and this and that and paying people and all this fun stuff. And so that was a 
for like the first four months, it was kind of rough because I, I couldn't do anything. I thank God Synchrony let me get financing. So I was able to do financing through Synchrony without a license. But after like, you know, it took us four months, we did almost a million dollars of revenue with no license. And at that point we said, okay, let's get our, let's get this thing legit. And what happened is it kept kicking my license back because it was the paperwork wasn't filled out, right? Stuff like that. So, and then it goes through the holidays and the holidays are always a shit issue. So by January, when, it, when the, when I took my test, I passed that thing and I was like, oh, thank God, here we go. And, and we grew it faster than there. We did $5 million our first year, literally brand new business, did $5 million in revenue. And then we just kept growing from there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how we started the business, I guess. That's wild, dude. So I love that you contribute a lot of this to being around the right people because, dude, there's zero. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You, if, if you're the smartest dude in the room, probably in the wrong room, right? I just, it, dude, that's how I've gotten where I am, right? It's through relationships, it's through being in the right places. Sometimes you got to pay to be in the right places, but guess what? It usually pays off if you do that stuff, right? At least that's my experience. Well, one thing that I started my business, dude, I had a big ass ego. Like I didn't want any direction from anybody. And, you know, at that point I was partying a lot and I just wasn't, my mind wasn't right. I was working a lot, but we got off work and we were, my buddy had his pizza shop. That's where we met every morning and we go pound four or five, six IPAs a night, you know, then I pass out drunk and wake up in the morning, go to work. And it's just like, my mind wasn't right when I started the business. Like I, I look back at it. I'm like, dude, if I was like, how I am now, like just clear minded and just grinding every day. Like I'd already, I would have been an even better position, but yeah, like I didn't like to take any advice and that's what got me in trouble. I got in financial trouble in 2021 because I didn't put process and procedures in place. I just thought I'm a sales guy. I can sell my way out of anything. And that was my belief. And as every time some problem happened, I would just sell my way out of it. I'd go out there and sell hundred grand in a day. Which is not a solution to the problem. It works temporarily, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. Dude, all right. So when you so how did you and I think I know a little bit about this, but I'd still like for you to share about it. So when you said when you realized in 2021 shit's gone sideways or perceivably sideways because you're not really supposed to know what you're doing. You never run a business, right? It completely makes sense that things went sideways to when I say sideways, meaning like you didn't have systems and processes in place. No. So how did you go from let's just call it damn chaos to getting all that stuff in order and switching over to doing things for the lack of better terms correctly. This episode of the successful life podcast is brought to you by house call pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork or boost revenue house call pro is your all in one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the correct way. So I was doing a lot of things right. So we were doing a lot of things right in the business. There were things that we weren't right. We grew so fast that we didn't have the structure and management. And you don't realize as you scale fast, right, everything scales your insurance scales, your car payments, your overhead, everything scales at a high rate, right? So you have to adjust everything to hit though, to be able to cover all that stuff, right? And you don't think about it. You're like, oh, just what's, a new, what's another truck on the road, right? No big deal. Right. I hired another person. 
And you don't really right. think about it. And then also, I didn't realize like I had to break it down to like, hey, what's my percentage of how many office staff do I need to cut to to field supervisors, right? Like I, I was way too office heavy and management heavy and not enough field heavy. So there was just things that we really had to adjust. And I had some great people that came in and helped me, right? So, you know, one of my partners, Bill Pulte, Pulte came in and his background obviously is finance. And he started teaching me about numbers. And he started teaching me about like how everything correlates and how to put checks and balances in the business. So he helped me with that. Michelle Van Beek, who's my business partner at Profit Rocket. She's a, you know, she's a badass COO. She's a badass operations person. So she came in and started helping me work on the operation side and started like, Hey, you know, how do we answer the phones? How do we do this? How do we do this? Like, you know, trying to work through logistics and all those other fun things that we weren't really thinking about. We were just like, dude, if I had a person over here in Narnia, I'd send them all the way to freaking the other side of the state. Like just little things that we weren't thinking about that were costing us money. And when you start looking, like breaking it down to the ridiculous and figuring out where all your money go is going, it doesn't matter how much you make, it's how much you keep. We were making a lot, we weren't keeping a lot. And that was just because it wouldn't place. So 2021, I ended up laying off. I was up to hundred and I want to say it was 110 employees, maybe a little bit more at this point. And I cut down to about 45. So I cut 60 people off my staff. And one of the mistakes I made as anybody has ever done that and grown fast and had to cut back is when I cut back, I knew I had to cut back a lot. I knew like, I knew day one that I needed to cut 60 people. But what I did and was a mistake is that I cut 20 people and then 10 more people and 10 more people. Right. And it was a death by a million cuts. And what happens when you do, when you kill a, do a death by a million cuts is everybody in your organization starts freaking out. Like, am I next? Am I next? Is this happening? Am I getting fired? Am I getting let go? And, and I'm embarrassed at this point. Like, is it any business, any entrepreneur doesn't hire somebody that plans on, they, they plan on firing, right? No. I had to look at these people and say, look, I can't provide for you. I can't help you. But I had to do it because my business couldn't sustain it, right? So if I would have gone the same way, I would have been, everybody went out of the job. So I had to make cuts to bring us back where we were. And then it was just survival mode, right? So like when you're when your accountant comes to you and says, I got this much cash and, and our 12 or 13 week cash flow analysis says this, we got to cut. So we cut and then it's you, we got to go into survival mode, right? We got to start selling. We got to do this. We got to do this. We got to get collect. We got to collect. And we went into straight survival mode for a couple months. And during that time, we're rebuilding the processes and procedures and doing all the stuff and doing it the right way. And then 2022, you know, we got the procedures in place and then we started seeing it, right? We started seeing the profits and the business growth and the important things, right? Which is the bottom line, you know, what's the profit? And so that's, that's what we did. And, you know, a lot of my issues also stem from the fact that I got ADHD really bad. And with that comes a lot of, it's kind of great, right? It's a superpower, I believe, but it's also difficult, right? Because I can't focus. I was still during this time that my business is struggling. I had started up a sales training organization as well. So I had started Service Hero in, in 20, 2021. I started doing our first sales training classes. So I started getting real tied up in that, right? Like instead of running my own business, I was doing all these sales training classes and traveling and doing on-site trainings and all this stuff. But the reason I was really doing all that stuff is because I knew Absolute was struggling right? So I wasn't making any money over there. So I had to go make my money from the sales training. And then I would take my money from the sales training and I would put it over to absolute. And I was putting all my money into absolute to make sure that it didn't fail because I knew I wasn't going to let my business fail. I wasn't going to let everybody down. So like I was willing to fucking eat a cup cup of noodles or whatever I had to do to support this. And I was literally working like a fucking dog getting money. And then I was literally never got to see any of that. It was just, it was just going from one Robert Peter to pay Paul. And I was getting every time I got money in, I would pay it to absolute to try to pay down what we owe to our vendors and stuff like that. Cause obviously when you cut all this stuff, 
you know, your vendors are calling, dude. They're like, hey, what are you going to do? And I'm like, most people in that position and when the position I was in would have just went bankrupt. Like that was the smart thing to do. Like a lot of my advisors have said, hey, file bankruptcy. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So when the vendors called me and my creditors called me and I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to man up and I'm going to get you your fucking money. And I need you guys to give me some time. I just said, give me some time. Give me three months. I will have this thing back to making money. And all of them were like, I don't know about that, dude. Like, no, <laughs> they were telling me no. And I'm like, no, you're not understanding. There's no other option. Like you're either going to get paid or you're not going to get paid. And I want to pay you. I want to fucking pay you. Okay. And I would tell them, like, I would call them every day. I'm going to pay you, man. I'm going to pay you. I got to pay you. So it took me a little while, get it all reset. And obviously glad the vendors worked with me and I was able to start getting them paid and, and get some shit defer- deferred so I could catch back up and just breathe. And then once I can breathe, then I can operate. So it was a rough year, 2021. And I'm doing it all while I'm planning this large event. So we had a big Vegas event. I have all these things that I'm working on and I'm behind the scenes, like my whole fucking world is crumbling and I'm trying to, I'm trying to like patch holes in the fucking ship that's sinking. And it was fun. Dude, I understand that more than you, more than you can even imagine. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we have so many things that are stirring around in our head it's almost overwhelming from time to time, to be honest with you. Sometimes it gets, it's over, I can speak for myself. Sometimes it's overwhelming in my own brain because I have so many things that are going on and I have so many areas that I could be focusing on, but sometimes I just shut down. Let us be honest with you. And it's, dude, it's part of the deal, right? I'm running, now I'm running multiple organizations and my team feels it too. Like my camera guy Taylor's right over here, right? He's dude, you want to do this today? And I'm like, if I can start fucking freaking out and then I just disappear. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing any of that shit. And that's like, dude, I got so much stuff I got to get done. And for me, I like, you know, I get shiny, I've been having shiny, I get shiny object syndrome and I'm really trying to like work on that. Like I just say no to things because I just want to say yes to everything. There's so many opportunities that are flying at me. I want them all, but it's like, dude, you can't do them all. It's not possible. You're only one person. Well, my man, I definitely get that. And I have been down that road myself. And, you know, sometimes it works out. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. But as long as you know that going into it, you can't really be disappointed. Before we get off too far off, I need. So I want you to go back for just a moment about walk us through. Because, I, you know, there are a lot of business owners, obviously, that listen to the show. But there's a lot of people that are service technicians or whatever. Right. And so. I want you to really drive home what it was like to have to go in there and look those employees in the eye and tell them that you had to let them go. Not once, but 60 fucking times. You know what? I can tell you it was probably, like I said, it was probably the worst time of my life, right? Because it's not only on top of that. I got competitors that are, you know, kicking me while I'm down, right? Not only the employees that I am losing, I already had to lose anyways, but now my competitors are, you know, in my other employees' ears saying, hey, it's going out of business. Come over here. Come work for me. And they're really kicking me while I'm down, taking my top guys, top performers. And I'm like, dude, it was, there were so many different emotions going through my mind. And I'm, you know, every night I'm sitting at home and I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Should I just, should I throw in the towel? Should I sell this thing? Should I just, should I, cause I could have aborted, right? I had people that would buy the business. It was still a great business. I had a big database. I had great employees. Like they would have bought it, but I knew deep down that like, I didn't want to sell. 
because I think that I'm like, I know that we're onto something. I know we're building something special. I know that if I ride this out, that it's going to work out. Right. And, you know, a lot of times I was ta- I would talk to the employees and I'd let them know. And they just, they just couldn't fathom it. Right. They just, they, employees see the outside, right. They see the trucks and they see all these nice things. They see all the stuff going on. They don't realize the cost of shit in the background, how much it truly costs to run a business in California. It is absolutely insane. Like to hit a 15% net on a big business is great. Okay. Like it's just hard to hit profit here in California and you can hit revenue all you want, but if you're not profiting, it doesn't matter. So I think it was a hard, it was hard for these guys to understand. They thought that I was kind of singling them out. They didn't really get it. And for me, it hurt because I knew not only did it hurt my own ego, but it also like, dude, it's, I bring people on to make sure that they have work and I could take, they could provide for their family. And I think that's been one of the things that it changed my trajectory of my business because I also, after that point, I started becoming scared, scared to hire, scared to bring people on. Can I provide them work? Because that feeling that I had of letting people go and letting people down sucked. And I got to the point where like it was hard. It got hard for me to hire. Like I would get a, a paralysis when it came to hiring people and I'd have top level talent and I wouldn't take them. I wouldn't want them because I just, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could support them. I don't know if I could handle that. And it really fucked me up for a while, man. And it sucked. And now it's crazy because I'm hiring some of these people back now, right? And they're saying, what's different? Like, what, what's different now? And it's like, dude, I got to go to them. And I'm humbled as shit. Like, if you really meet, like, talk about my situation, man, I got humbled. And that's what changed my trajectory of everything is that I had to be humbled. And when you get humbled is when you can re- really start building yourself back up. And that's what happened to me. And, and now I got to talk to these guys. and I say, look. And I have a rule in my business. I will not bring a person on that I ever have to let go again. I will never lay anybody off. That's not my, that's not my intent. That's not what's going on. I'm only bringing on employees that I plan on them being here. And if they don't, if I don't think they're going to be able to be here long-term, then I'm not bringing them on. Yeah. Dude, the reason I ask you to go through that is because I've been through the same thing. I had to fire, not at that scale by no means, but I, I had to fire a lady that absolutely deserved it. And it was right before Christmas. Couldn't have been a worse time. But I guess it's really not a great time to fire anybody. But, like, it's just one of those things that, unfortunately, you have to go through as a business. And you never are going to understand it unless you go through it. But it's really fucking hard to look somebody in the eye, even though you may be upset. Or maybe you may know for a million reasons why they should have been fired. It's still hard to do. I don't like firing anybody, man. I always see the positive in everybody. And I, you know, I see the positive side, but it's like, dude, it's business, right? Like, you know, now like we have, you know, they, they have to sign off on their job description. They got to sign off on their, obviously what their, or their positional agreements. They got to sign off on what their job duties are. And I just hold it straight to that. I said, Hey, look, we do things black and white here. We do it by our, obviously our core values. And obviously off of what you signed off that you're going to agree to do. I agreed to pay you this much money and you agreed to do this job. And if you can't do what's here and outlined on this job, then I can't continue to pay you, right? And I keep it real black and white with employees now. It wasn't before. It was like, oh, feelings and that. And it's like, dude, business doesn't have feelings, dude. It's, it doesn't. It's just, hey, black and white. Are you doing your job? You're not doing your job. And if you aren't doing your job, is there someone else that can come do your job better than you? And if someone can come do the job better than you, that's not, that's not the employer's fault. That's your own fault. Right. Cause I have a dude, I, I have guys that were started working with me at $15 an hour minimum wage. And now they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Right. Because those guys put the energy and effort into it. And I will pay guys that do that. And then there's other guys that started with me making good money and they were lazy and didn't want to do anything. And I had to fire them. Right. So you just never know. Like you have to really look at 
grateful people. Like I think that's the most important thing to look for when you're hiring is somebody that's grateful for the job. If they're not grateful for the job, then they're probably not going to be a long-term employee. They're going to go whatever the next greatest thing is, right? That's what's going to happen. 100%. Uh, all right. So how do you, um, how do you, you know, I obviously, I'm sure you pick up, you watch body language, you pick up on tonality, but how do you personally determine that, per, how, if that person's grateful? Like, is there something you ask them? Or are you, is it within your questioning that you just figure it out through how they answer the questions? Or how do you determine if they are, if they fit that mold or not? I ask him, if I hire you, what is it, what would it mean to your life? Is it going to change how your often, life? I mean, how often do they not have an answer? Not very often, not very yeah. often. So, you know, it, it works out for me. And there's a couple other questions that I'll ask and just kind of just trying to sniff them out. Right. Like, what, what are they about? You know, a lot of times employees that are looking for jobs are not the employees that you want. And the reason that is, is because guess what? If they were so great, nobody else is letting them leave. And that's my belief on it. You know, the employees that you want, I have conversation with guys all the time. And they're like, I don't want to recruit. I'm like, the employees that you want work for somebody else. How do you get them? And it's a dog eat dog. It doesn't matter if it's our industry or anybody else, any industry in the fucking world. The best guys are the guys you need to get. And the only way to get those best guys is to fucking claw them away from your competition. And that comes down to what I'm at now. It's, and we'll talk a little bit about recruiting and how I've been able to start attracting top level talent, right? Because you can't, they don't just come day one. They don't just come. You have to build a business they want to come work for because they're not going to leave that business. They're not going to leave where they're at to come to a business that's not ready for them. They can't capitalize on you. And I think that's what I've been building over the last year and a half, two years is that, hey, I got to regroup and I got to build the business that everybody wants to be part of. And that's where I'm at now. It's like you guys, you know, I think one of the big keys of my success, right, is that I documented everything that I did along the way. I got receipts on everything, dude. So Larry, like, there's no way you started four years ago. I'm like, let me go through my Facebook timeline. Here you go. This is my fucking shitty trucks I started with four years ago. Right. And then you go this and it's like, and I think, you know, the power of social media is crazy, right? And social media is a big part of how I grew my business through Facebook marketing and networking and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't realize like everything that I've done, I documented, I put videos out there. I gave people information. I was raw. I was real. And a lot of people are like, why are you got such a big following in the home service space? I'm like, dude, cause I am the only real motherfucker there is. Everybody else is so fucking fake because you meet them and they're so bullshit over dude. It, some of the biggest names you meet them in person and you hang out with them in separate, they're a total different person. Than they act online and I don't fucking sugarcoat shit. I don't get that dude. I don't understand that. I ask you, when you meet somebody that portrays themselves as whatever the fuck online and you meet them in person and they're not that person, like you don't want to hang out with that person anymore. Right. You, you, I don't, want, think. you don't want to hang, you don't want to hang out with them, but a lot of people have to build an image up for their business and stuff like that. And it's just, it just is what it is. People are fake in general. And a lot of people don't realize how they don't know how to deal with me. Because I'm, I'll tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, and I don't really give a fuck. And if I don't like you, I'll let you know I don't like you. If you fucking wrong somebody, I'll tell you that you wrong somebody. I'll call you out. I don't care. I, I genuinely do give a shit about the industry. I do genuinely give a shit about every single person that I, that I, every single one of my clients. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, you grew your business. How'd you grow your business so fast? You must be lying, stealing, and cheating. And I'm like, first off, I'm the opposite. We do things the right way every single time with every single customer. We create customers for life. We create raving fans of my business. You look at my reviews on my business in four years, we've built the five-star reviews. We are the top rated company in my market. When people talk about us, when we're not there, they're talking positively. 
And a lot of people can't say that about their business, especially some of the big name guys. When you really dig down and you start looking into their business, you open up that hood, dude, all it is lying, stealing, and cheating. And my business, if you lie, steal, and cheat, you won't fucking work here. I love that. So you said you had built thousands of reviews. I know that's true. I'm pretty sure I know the reason why, but don't you have don't you have a pretty irresistible or at one point you had an unbelievably irresistible offer. And most people question how you're able to offer the thing. At some point you offered, you you will give them their money back. Or maybe you just tell us what the offer is or, or was. Yeah, that was our slogan from day one. And we always, I learned this from Leland Smith, right? We only want happy money, right? We don't want pissed off money. We don't want your money if you're not happy. And it all stems back down to that, to really the nature of it, right? Really think about it as a business owner, do you really want money from a customer that's not happy with what your product came out as? And Bad as a money. business owner, as, as a business owner, will you go make it right? Most of them was can't okay, say yes to that. You can't say yes to that, right? So for me, my business, my slogan, my radio ads, it always ends. Is, if you're not absolutely happy, it's absolutely free. And I stand behind that shit. Like if I can't make you happy, you got to give me an opportunity to make it right. Like if I fucked up, let me make it right. And if I can't, can't make it right, I'll give your money back. And we stood behind that. We stayed behind it. It says it right on our contracts. It says it everywhere, right? And people think I'm crazy. And I was like, okay, well, guess what? I guarantee we're going to do things the right way. And I guarantee if we don't, we're going to learn from it. We're never going to mess that up again. That's a pretty strong offer. Like, I've never heard of anybody else offering that, but I understand entirely why it works, right? Yeah, there's so much confidence. There's so much confidence. And we have a whole presentation book and all the, you know, obviously our guarantees. And we make sure they're written guarantees on like most guys that are like, hey, you know, I'm going to do this and this. No, everything's written. Everything's real. And when we back it up and it's super hard to create a culture in a business that really does stand behind it. And I think that's that's what we've built here. Like people, my installers are battling to have the best install. My sales guys are battling to do the right to sell the most. My guys are battling to do the best tune up or get the most reviews or whatever it is. It's a badge of honor, right? Like, and these guys, we want to do the right thing because guess what? If you do the right thing now, it's only going to, it's only that person's going to tell her friends and tell their friends and tell their friends that we're going to build something quick and special, right? So many companies only care about the money. And when you only care about the money is when the problems come in, right? And that's what's happening with private equity, right? And, all these private equity companies that are happening right now, it's like the fucking greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And why is it the greatest thing ever happened to me is private equity coming to my market? My guess is because they're trying to control those businesses that they're buying and they don't know shit about those businesses. If I had to, they come into the business, right? So what's the lifeblood of a business? The operator. The operator is the lifeblood of that business. That's what those people went to go work for. They wouldn't believe in this motherfucker, right? Right. And guess what? And all of a sudden, he sells out. And then he's showing up in a Rolls Royce every day, and you're going to work. How are you going to feel? Right? And this is what's happening to all these markets throughout the country. In my market, everybody sold. Like, I don't even know who the fuck is still owned by any besides for private equity, besides for me and the tiny guys. I'm the biggest company in my market that's not – that, that I have full control of my business, right? And so a lot of these guys, the, as soon as they sell out, they only care about the money anymore. Now it's just now it's just margin dollars. And now these employees don't want that. They didn't come to work for some corporate company. They came to work for some dude they believed in that would made it fun and made it a good environment to work in. 
And now that dude's gone and that dude got paid and he don't care about his business anymore. What do you think is going to happen? I got literally my, if I can buy 400 trucks today, I would have 400 great employees to put in those trucks. Damn. That's crazy, dude. But I get it. And I just didn't look at, I didn't look at the private equity. I didn't look at it like that. It makes sense. And I understood what you were saying. I just didn't look at it. I didn't look at it from your standpoint. I didn't look at it like this is going to be super beneficial for you because these companies they're buying are, they're going to have problems for sure. They're all having problems, dude. And in some of the great companies, right? Service champions, right? Great company. Dude, all their employees are calling me every day because guess what? They, it's a number now. The owner's gone. Leland's gone. And now all they have left is as a guy that only cares about the money. And Leland cared about his employees. Leland put us first. We were the highest paid because we were the best. And that's how Leland operated. And now it's okay. Now we're cutting bonuses. We're cutting pay. We're doing this. We're doing that. And that's what's happening throughout my entire market. And it goes from next gen. It goes to the service champions and these other companies that are around. The more private equity comes in, the better for me. And a lot of people are like, are you going to sell your business? I said, I'm never going to sell my business. I'm never selling it ever. Okay. Maybe when, maybe 25 years from now. And why is that? Like, why do I not want to sell? Because I started running a profitable business that does things the right way, that has great employees. And if I have a cash flowing business that does things the right way with great employees and great customers, why would I want to sell it? You'd be an idiot to sell it. I'd be a fucking idiot. And it drives everything else I do in my life. Everything else from the events to Profit Rocket to all these other things that I do. Having a business like this that when you come in, you can feel the culture. You can feel it in my business. My guys will – if you – Corey, if you said one bad thing to my employee, I promise you said a bad thing to my employee at an event and I wasn't there, he'd hit you in the fucking mouth. And that's how you have to create a business. And that's how it is. And it is like that because in my market, people are like, I had one guy, he said something to my, to one of my technicians in a parts house about me. Oh, you work for that guy? He's a fucking clown, blah, or whatever. And he literally said, let's go outside and you're going to get beat up. And that, if dude, that's how it should be. I agree. If you take care of your people and you change, and my goal now, my only goal is to set out to change lives. I want to change my employees' lives. I want to change their lives. I want to make them richer. I want to make them happier. I want to make them literally live the best life they've ever had. I want them to live their dream. Hell yeah, dude. And that makes, that sets you, obviously, that sets you apart from, you know, and I'm not saying they're better or worse, but I think what the point really, you're really driving home there is you've got something that works for you. You've got something that fulfills areas in your life that multiple areas in your life. So yeah, it would be really stupid for you to mess up that perfectly. Maybe it's not perfectly functioning wheel with all no, the craziness you, you've got going this, on, but this business is never perfect, dude. Per- business right. will never be perfect. If you think no matter what business you're in, doesn't matter how great of an operator you are, business is never perfect. There's always going to be accidents. There's always going to be mistakes. There's always going to be a bad apple. There's always going to be something going wrong. And that's one thing I always tell people is like you watch on social media and you think everything's all fucking rainbows and cupcakes for all these companies, right? It's not. There's bad shit's happening to every company today. Today, something happened at let's you can pick any XYZ company throughout the country, next gen, service champions, absolute airflow. There's a something bad happened today. I don't know yet, or it might happen, hasn't happened yet, and it's gonna happen. But it's every business, there's always something, there's always something that comes up, there's always an issue that's gonna happen. So you just have to make sure to minimize it, right? That's right. I mean, you got human beings, like you've got human beings in the business. There's always going to be errors if you've got human beings in the equation. 
Yeah. So, but like I said, I love my business. I love my people. You know, it's still, I still get excited to wake up. I still get excited to see, you know, see my guys crush it. I, you know, I got guys, I had a guy that he started last December in 2020, yeah, 2021, December, knowing nothing, dude, living on food stamps. That dude made $170,000 last year. And his first year as a technician, never done, never done HVAC in his life, made $170,000 last year. I changed his life. Right. That's dude, that's so like that's incredible. Like that's a feeling that you can't buy anywhere. No, and that a lot of people don't get it. They don't get me. I don't even want money out of my I make so much I literally, Corey, I wake up and I make money. I guarantee you I make more money. I spend more money on TikTok videos than people make in a year. Okay. And that's that's reality. And for me, it's not about the money anymore. It's a literally at this point, it's about principle and get my fucking respect. Okay. People are going to understand that I'm one of the best operators in the country. If all I did was focus on absolute airflow every day, that would be $200 million. I promise you that. But I got other things going on. I got to help more people. I want to help other operators throughout the country. I want to help other people not have to go through the struggles that I went through. And that's what I do through Profit Rocket is it allows me to give these guys like here, dude, you get the stuff that I had to go work hard for and lose millions of dollars to learn. Here it is. I get to give it to you and I get to help you. And to see the amount of people that lives I've changed in the last two years from when I first started doing sales training to now Profit Rocket. So I started doing sales training and technician training, stuff like that. That impacted a lot of lives, like thousands and thousands of lives throughout the country have been impacted by that. And now doing the business coaching thing through Profit Rocket, and we have, we're probably the fastest grow, growing to call the best practice group in the country. Like we have hundreds of new customers in the last month and a half, right? So we're growing and we're helping more and more people who are going to a broad range of people that these other, these other groups don't want to help. They don't want to give them the information. They're not big enough. You're not, you don't fit us. You're not who we want to be. I'm helping the little guy and I'm trying to get that little guy to become the big guy. Because if you help the little guy become a big guy, he will punch somebody in the mouth for you if you ask, right? And they fuck with you. Like I'm creating an army of dudes that fucking love me. And you either like me or not, but these dudes love me because I'm going to change their lives and I'm going to help them. And that's what wakes me up every day. That's what gets me excited. And I get people that bash me and say weird shit. And I'm like, dude, like, first off, I'm like, I don't know where that shit comes from. But second, I'm like, dude, you don't have to like me. I don't need you in my circle. I don't need any of you. You guys are with it. Five years from now, everybody will forget about you. They ain't going to forget about me. That's right, dude. And people, it's funny because when people say stupid shit online or they make stupid comments, it has nothing to do with me or you. It has everything to do with whatever's going on in their life. They just decide to spew it out. So people are idiots. mostly. Like I told you before, dude, everybody likes me until they got to compete with me. Yeah. Everybody wants to be my best friend until it's time to compete. And then they realize, though, I don't want to fuck. I don't want to play with that guy. Because I'm a relentless motherfucker, Corey. Like I, I, I come from a different cut of cloth. Like I don't lose. If I don't win today, I'm gonna find a way to come fucking back and win. Yeah, yeah, dude. I get that. I 100% get that. Look, I know that we're getting close on time. I do want you to tell us a little bit about your prime. Your prime. Let's your talk prime. a little bit. Let's talk. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, we didn't really talk about Profit Rocket that much, but that's no. That's let's dive into it. Yeah. Go. Yeah. For so. It. It's, we are the top online training platform for home service companies. So if you're a plumber, electric, electrician, HVAC owner, we offer everything from how do you do your financials? How do you run your business? How do you answer your phones? Do you have SOPs for every position? We, we provide you with SOPs for every position, presentation books, how to do your pricing, how to run a sales call, how to run a tune-up, how to run an estimate, like everything in between on sales, service, 
business operations, everything is in there. Everything that I use in my business and stuff that we use for, for other companies throughout the country. So me and Michelle and my team have built that over the last couple of months. But on top of that, we do big events. You didn't get a chance to come out last year, but we had our event in October in Vegas. We had a little over a thousand people that showed up for that event. Great event, badass. I think I spent like $1.6 million on the thing and I went all out. We threw a great event, and then now we're getting ready to plan this year's event. It's going to be in Austin, Texas, September 27th through 29th. This one, I put a $3 million budget on it, and we are building out something fucking wild. Dude. Like When you come to this thing, it's going to be – it's a whole other level of what we're putting on from the speakers to the breakout sessions to the performance to the after parties. I don't throw like your grandpa's old trade show events like the service worlds and stuff like that. Like You come to my shit, you're like, oh – this whole new generation's here. And that's the big thing for me is like, I'm speaking for a whole new generation of people. The old school guys can think how they want. Us, the young generation, we want to make money. We want to have fun and we want to make money and we want to grow fast, right? A lot of these other trade organizations like grow slow and do this. And do, we want fast cars and, and good times, right? That's how we operate. And I'm teaching these guys how to make money fast, how to have fun. And that's what my events are all about is like literally trying to show that the trades is this is a new generation of the trades. We're doing things differently. We're not doing it like our grandpa. A lot of young guys like myself are coming in and kicking these old guys' asses because we see the opportunity and we're going to seize it. And that's the type of crowd that I attract is these young guys that want to go take over the market. Dude, it's so needed. Look, the average age plumber where I am in, which is in North Carolina, is 63 years old, which is your typical plumber business owner. So that's really cool that you're doing, that you're bringing younger people in the trades because you know this, the numbers are not looking too hot with the people that are coming in the trades. In fact, they're flat, completely flat. Yeah, I think my biggest thing that is going to go down for me is I got a lot of people excited about the trades and I got a lot of more people that want to come do it. From all my social media, my TikTok, my all the other stuff that I do, I'm getting people like, like that want to come into the trades. Like, what are you doing? I want to go do that. Like, how did you do that in eight years, right? How's that possible? I said, well, come over, come check it out. I mean, I got people literally from other countries, other states, people calling me, texting me, emailing me every day, trying to come work for me. And, uh, and I think That's, it's cool. And, they, and I train guys from scratch. I'll teach you. It doesn't matter what walk of life you are. As long as you're, you've got a good attitude, you're grateful. I'll teach you how to do HVAC. I'll teach you how to do plumbing. And that, I think that's what we're building here is just something special, man. It, it's been a hell of a lot of fun. It's been a lot of stress. I had a lot more hair a couple of years ago. It's, it's been stressful as shit. So like a lot of people that want to do what I did, I don't suggest it. And I don't think it's possible for anybody to do again what I've done. I don't think so because no one else is going to think the way that I think and be willing to sacrifice literally everything. Like gamble every down to my last dollar often to get where I'm at. I don't suggest it. There's ways to get there fast without having to do that stuff. But to do what I've done is a little bit crazy. And I did it out in the open. I did it in front of everybody. I've matured in front of everybody. I've grown up. You know, when I first started, I was freaking really loud and I was really in your fucking face. And I think that's what, you know, blew me up so fast. I got so many followers and stuff because they're like, who the fuck is this guy telling the top guy in his market that he's going to come fucking take his guys and fuck like that was wild back then. And now it's like, I've, I've matured. I'm very calculated with what I do now. And I'm just, like I said, it's just fun. So yeah, that's what we got going on with Profit Rocket. All right. I want you to go back just for a quick second, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I realized that you had all that stuff built out. That's exactly why I didn't ask you about it. So I need you to go back just a little bit about Profit Rocket. Because just, dude, I'm not sure how I missed all that, but somehow I missed all that. So yeah, do you so all, so do you, oh yeah, all right, just go for it. No, go, go ahead. What's the question? I was going to say, all right, so you guys do, so you're training, you, you obviously do some of it online. You also 
I think Michelle travels, right? Yeah. I don't know how I didn't put this whole thing together. I'm not sure where my, maybe my head was just something my ass. I'm not really sure. So explain a little bit more about that. Yeah. So a lot of people don't still don't know what Profit Rocket is, right? About two months before the event. So we knew, me and Michelle knew last year that dude, traveling and doing online training and all this stuff is difficult. We're, we're only two people, right? I'm only one person. And to get my brain to all these, to, to more people was going to be difficult. It was going to be a lot of man hours. It was a lot of traveling. It'd be a lot of events. And I didn't have time for it. And I was like, we both right. came together. Like, how can we condense time? How can we help more people and not have to spend as much time? So we started, I'd say it was like three months before the event. We said, Hey, we're building an online training platform and we got to build an app. We got to build online training. We got to do all this stuff. So we started hiring videographers and we started shooting and shooting like every day. And, you know, my editors are freaking working all kinds of hours, getting shit done. And I'm grateful for those guys, but we worked countless hours behind the scenes to make it happen. And literally we're heading into the event. We were going to lose our ass. Like we lost 200 some thousand dollars on ticket sales. It's, it's just hard to budget for something that we've never done before. So we were just kind of shooting in the dark, didn't know what to charge, all that shit. And there was no budget in place. We just kind of grew it fast. So we're going into this thing that if I don't sell some, if I don't have a product to sell at this event, I'm going to be fucked. Right. And dude, the day of the event. So the day, the event was like the October 20th through 22nd. On October 20th at 6 p.m., which is when the rehearsal dinners or the rehearsal or the uh, heck it's called, we had like our welcome reception, right? My, the, uh, the content team or the website team came to us and said, hey, we launched. It's live. So it literally went live at 6 p.m. the night before the real event started. And so we launched this thing and we launched it just like anybody else. Like I'm, I'm a firm believer is like get it to market and then we'll work on it, right? So we got it to market and we sold a bunch at the event. And then from there, the we are yeah, the blueprint. That's what the profit rocket business blueprint is. It's all coming together now, right? Yeah, it's literally the shit that's in there. You're not unless you're paying stupid amounts of money. You're not getting it anywhere. We put so much value into this into this product. It's insane, and we brought it and we wanted to bring it. We wanted a product that was accessible to the big guy and the little guy. Every right. business can any business that buys that it will benefit their business. So what we've been working on is how do we how do we fix an onboarding process for a company? So I created a whole onboarding process for every single section, every position in your business, whether it's a call center rep, a accounts receivable, technician, general manager, every position in there has a onboarding process. So they got to go through there. They got to understand what their position is. We actually wrote out the positional agreements so that the employees, these, tech, these companies can go, hey, this is your positional agreements. What you got to do? Then we put tests in there to make sure they're taking tests to understand what their job is. So we put all that stuff in there. We have technicals. We have sales training from the tech side, from the sales side. We have financial. How do you build your, how do you do your financials? How do you build out a, a chart of accounts? What goes in your PL? Where does it go in your PL? What KPIs are we looking at for a successful business? So we're teaching everybody everything from operations to financial controls to sales training to everything. And we give it to, to these customers for a low price. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's not. For the amount of knowledge you're getting there, you're literally getting millions of dollars worth of intellectual property for pennies. That is a lot of stuff in there. It's, like dude, it's we, how many videos we have now, Taylor? Well over three, we have about 400 and something videos in there. And then also we provide them with all the actual, the, all the, what are those PDF, things called? Spreadsheet, sure. All the spreadsheets, all the presentation books, all the PDFs, everything they need to run their businesses in there. All they can download it all and they own it. So I'm literally taking it. I took everything from my brain, Michelle's brain, and some of the other people that we went to's brain, and we put it all in there and said, here, you could have it all. Most, most business coaches, do you know what they do? 
It's a yeah. secret. What do they do? They just they come give, in, train. Yeah. They come in, they train, they give you little baby slivers at a time. They said, here's a sliver of this and sliver of this because you got to keep coming back for more, like drugs, right? And that's what these business coaches do. They might sell you a $20,000 package, but they give you such a little amount of shit. Then you got to go buy another $20,000 package or whatever it is. And you're like, I'm still stuck in the same place. We said, here, you can have it all. Right. And then we break it down here, start here, go through this. You know, we're right now we're in the process of breaking it down really to the ridiculous. Like, hey, if you're a company that's a startup, start here. If you're two to five million, five to 10, 10 to 20, 30 plus, these are the things you got to have in place. Right. So we're trying to make this thing, it's almost like an encyclopedia for home services and how to run a successful business. And a lot of people aren't happy about it. They're not happy because we're literally giving them everything. And my job is to take their job. My job is to eliminate, obviously, there's always going to be a spot for people that are hand holders, right? It's like a lot of guys need their hands held, but there's right. not going to be someone else that's teaching better stuff than we provide in there. Like the stuff that we provide in there is meant for really, really successful businesses. And this is how you run a successful business. And if you follow it, you're going to win. Dude, I, that's wild. I just didn't really understand all that stuff was in there. So let me ask you this. And I know you know this. I know we're getting close on time, but- and this may be a hard question. I know for me, it is if you gave me that, I don't even, I don't even know exactly what you charge for. It. Let's just pretend it's five five thousand dollars, whatever. And you gave it to me, I would be less likely to open it and do anything with it than if I purchased it. You know what I'm saying? In other words, here's the yeah. real question: how do, how are you making sure that people actually go and do the stuff? So and obviously, we can't. We, Obviously, we can't handhold them, right? The reason we make it a monetary commitment is because if you make a monetary commitment, you usually will do it, right? 100%. Uh, so that's the main thing. If I gave you free information, you don't use it. If, I, if you pay for it, you're usually going to use it. So there's that. And obviously, there's you know there's follow-up. We have we have a monthly coaching calls, stuff like that, to just kind of you know hammer it home to these people. But for the most part, you can't. It doesn't matter what trade organization you're in. There's no way to force them. Yeah. Obviously, we try to set up accountability. We have different events. We have different things that we're always implementing, but there's no – the key to success is doing the work. And I yeah, think but, a lot of people are you, look, a lot of people look for the way to not do the work. You're right. But it sounds like to me that you've got stuff that is follow-up, that is helping to implement these things. Like you do have things in place, right? Most people that sell yeah. – let's just call it a course. I know it's not a course, and I hate to even label it that after everything you said that's in it. But for conversation purposes, most people don't have any implementation after that. So that's why I ask. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something, it's like I said, it's something you do to the market. There's nobody else that's really doing it, especially on a large scale. There's some other companies, but stuff they have isn't for today's market. Like we're teaching them marketing. We're teaching them how to get in front of customers. We're teaching them guerrilla marketing tactics. We're teaching them all these little nuances that I had to learn. And when you're learning them as you're running a business, you lose money. And if you can learn these little nuances that can save you two grand here, a thousand dollars here, whatever it is, like those little things add up. And then we teach them all the other stuff is like, dude, when people see the product for the first time, they're like, how do I, I want it? And, you know, obviously my job is to get the product out there. We don't really spend much on marketing. I just, you know, I post some stuff here and there. People come and, you know, we have hundreds of customers already. And it's like I said, it's been successful. We've grown a, it's a multi-million dollar business at this point overnight. Dude, that's. That is, yeah. I don't know why I didn't put together that we were talking about the blueprint. I, if I would have thought about that long enough, that would have put that together. But yeah. Anyhow, dude. So I do want you to just really quickly, because I, like I said, I've said this three times, we're out of time. But do me a 
favor, you could tell everybody a little bit about your the Prime Venture, just because I brought that up, and then we'll get rock and roll it. Cool. Yeah, Prime was an idea. So my partner of mine, right? He's his background is nutrition, right? And he has a he's a really particular person on things that he wants, like ingredients that are in products. So his main thing was he wanted to bring. He would start going through all the supplement lines, and there's a lot of stuff in there that's just not good for your body, or it's actually a negative reactor to what you're actually trying to do. And some of the, especially some of the stuff that is in these pre-workouts and proteins and stuff like that. So he went to work and he said, Hey, I'm going to build this out. And that's his passion. So he went and started building out these different formulas on supplements and stuff like that and using really like high quality products in them and stuff that aren't, you know, antagonizers to your body and to your health, right? So he went and started building that stuff out. And then we had to go through the process of obviously getting all the FDA approvals. And we wanted to make sure that we got every single certification you could possibly get. So we went and got the best certifications you can get in the U.S., that costs a hell of a lot of money. And obviously, if you know anything about the FDA, they're a nightmare to deal with. So we had to go through all, had to go through all those processes. And we wanted to make sure that all of our products were made in the U.S. We weren't just bringing them in from another country, China and stuff like that. So that's a whole other process. And we had to figure out fulfillment. We had to figure out website. We got to figure out all that stuff. So we're about live. We're in a launch with about 20, I think 23 products day one. Everything from test boosters to nootropics, stress relief stuff, a protein, creatines, pre-workout, obviously. That's everybody. Everybody loves their pre-workout. So all those products, we're going to launch day one. But on top of that, we said, okay, we want to also help people. So we're right now, we're in the process of building an online training app. That'll be free. And you can go in there, you can do your nutritional calculations, your macros, all that stuff. And then you also, there's an opportunity to have access to all the training videos. How do I do exercises? Hey, do I want a custom meal plan? So we'll build you a custom meal plan. We'll build you a custom workout plan for the week, for the month or whatever it is you want us to build. And then also on top of that, we have what's called the Prime Syndicate, which is a, a platform to guys that want to learn how to get better at obviously fitness, how to build a personal brand, how to run a business, how to do sales. And we're going to have a little bit of something for everybody in that group. So that'll be a paid networking group. And so that's what the Prime Syndicate is. So Prime Syndicate is the networking group, training group, if you want to join the organization. Because I really wanted to reach, because there's, there's obviously I can help a lot of people in HVAC and I have, but there's a whole other side of the world that needs help too. There's a whole lot of other people that need help with business and sales and all these things that I got to learn. So I'm trying to go figure out a way to go teach those other people. So that's what we're working on with Prime Syndicate. Prime formulas, supplements drop in the next two weeks. Cool thing is like you can go online, ship it directly to your house. No, no issues there. So everything will be direct shipment to your home. You can get on a program with us where you can save some money by doing a monthly subscription type deal. But yeah, we're excited, man. We My team is like literally... And I'm just blessed. Some of these, like we're in my room right now. The other side is all my editors. These guys are the guys behind the scenes that do everything without them that we don't have with business. So they've been great. We've been working on other stuff to also part of my, my guy, Taylor, his goal is to run a, a production company, right? And I'm trying to figure out a way to help him build a production company in the home service industry. And not even just that, or influencers. So they're working on learning how to edit videos and do all these things where they can create their own business. And that's what I would like to see is more guys come from me, go create their own businesses. And then obviously keep bringing in new people. But yeah, so we're working on some cool stuff here. That's kind of, like I said, that's my passion. We wake up every day and we're just trying to help. Do you think potentially subconsciously the nutrition thing the nutrition business you think maybe subconsciously the nutrition business is another way to also give back to the people in the trades because you and i both know most people don't take care of themselves so have you thought about that that maybe that was why you went that route maybe I do think about it, right? So obviously fitness is a big part of my life and even like sobriety, right? Like that's that's something that I, I try to help a lot of people with. And a lot of people have been helped by just by me talking about it, right? 
you start talking about stigmas and things happen, right? And I started talking about my sobriety and we're coming up on seven months now. And seven months of sobriety is a big deal, right? And for me, I've struggled with it. I've been around alcohol, drugs my entire life, right? And it's easy to fall in those traps when you're a business owner, you got money, you got stress, you got all these things. And I think that's that could be possibly part of my big legacy is how many people I helped get away from substance abuse and alcohol and things like that and started to really start thinking about their body and thinking about their future because it's true. There is a lot of guys in the home service space and anywhere in the world that don't take care of themselves. And I'm hoping that I can be a shining light. Like I, I think I want to create an army of a bunch of young or a bunch of just hungry, good dudes, work out, provide for their families. It just I just want to create a good atmosphere around me. And it's hard because I still have a stigma around myself. A lot of people have a stigma around me about who they think I am. And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to do my best every day, just like everybody else. Yeah. I know the feeling, dude. I know the feeling. Yeah, that's really cool, dude. I love that. And I love that you brought up sobriety. Congratulations on seven months, dude. Look, the, sobriety is one of the hardest things that have I've ever had to do. And I would not want to go do it over. So I don't envy you for only being for being seven months sober. But I am glad you brought that up because it makes me remember what it was like when I was seven months sober. And that was a rough time. You ain't going through near as a rough time as I was going through. No, man. And like I said, it's allowed me to, it was before it was like I'd cover up my issues, right? Now it's like I got to deal with my issues head on. And I think that's what drugs and alcohol do. They allow you to like ignore the problem. And you can't ignore it when it's slapping you in the face and you're sober and you got your head right. Without that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. It wouldn't make me, without that, I wouldn't be as successful as I am right now. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. I'm 100% with you. And I'll just tell you this just a really quick story. Actually, I've been sober a little over 13 years, about 13 and a half years, but I stopped going. And I'm just speaking for myself. I stopped going to AA till about three years ago. And you didn't mention anything about AA, so I'm not dragging you into this conversation, but I can free really talk about it because it's my sobriety. But recently, about three months ago, I met a guy who didn't matter who it is. And he just I basically told him why I wasn't going back to AA. And it was a really, it was a really stupid excuse. And the, re- the reason I, my excuse was that I didn't want to say I am an alcoholic because I'm not that anymore. And I got stuck up on, stuck on the I am part, which I'm sure that makes sense to you because, you know, anyway, that right, the I am part portion. I've never, so... Funny thing is I grew up in AA as a kid. So I was an AA kid. My grandparents have been sober for 50 something years and I got dragged through every AA meeting possible. And I went to one as in, in my adult life and it's never been something that I really wanted. Like I've never really attracted to because I, I think, man, it, for me, it's like I've made the decision that this is what I wanted. And once you've come to that, to conclu- I don't know, I just feel like for me, I came to that conclusion and that's just who I am. And my AA is putting it out there because now I got other people depending on me and I put it out there every day and I talk about it because that holds me accountable. And that's my AA because I'm not just doing it for myself anymore. I'm doing it for a lot of other people that are following me. What's interesting you say that, because I just going back, just, me just coming back, I was, I thought of it just like you, just like you, like, I, I really didn't want to have anything else to do with it. I was just done with it. And what, what was weird in, in this only because I spent years in it, in recovery, what was weird is whenever I, when I went back, things started happening in my life that I wanted to happen, that I was trying to control in trying to control the outcome of these things. And 
it was just re- really weird because I didn't really have, I don't know, I don't even know if I'm explaining, it's probably ADHD, I'm probably not even explaining it, but something changed. And it only changed because I went there for somebody else other than myself. Just like you're saying that you put stuff out for other people other than yourself. Same thing. That's dope, dude. I appreciate you sharing that. Seriously. Yeah, no, it's been good, but thanks for having me on, man. Obviously, sometimes I look back on these things, I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't have said that, but most of the time I don't give a fuck. But- <laughs> All good. Tell everybody where they can find you. By the way, that's Victor's Facebook group across the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. But yeah, tell everybody where they can find you or yeah, you like join join my Facebook group. It's Profit Rocket Home Service Home Service Group or Home Service Owners, I think. And then you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Victor underscore Rancore R A N C O U R. Follow me. I post about three, four, five, six videos a day. Always either on business, on sales, life, things like that. And then if you guys want, man, the tickets go on sale for a Profit Rocket in Austin, September 27th to 29th. They go on sale next week. The cool thing is if you're one of the first 1,000 people that sign up before March 1st, because like I said, this event will sell out. It's the biggest event of the year for the home services, period. I don't care what anybody says. You actually get entered to win a, a Ram TRX. So I'm going to be giving away a Ram TRX to some lucky person. You can buy 10 tickets, you get 10 entries for the truck. So we're going to have that, the raffle at the event. I got a TRX I'm giving away. So hopefully you get to win that. And then also I throw badass events. So you get to come be part of something special. So, All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. You got it. I'll, we'll be in touch, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember. Greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.